Hi everybody, it's Craig White here, your Passion to Succeed host. I'm really excited today to be bringing um, a really unique story and um, I'm really um, empowered by reading this guy's um, journey uh, and discovering a little bit about what he's created. So I want to introduce you to a guy that actually made his first million, I believe, by the age of 19, currently lives between the, the Philippines and the UK. So in many people's eyes, living the dream of being able to, you know, travel the world and have two homes, two destinations to, to live from. But what's really exciting is th this guy has built the la largest virtual assistant business in the Philippines. And in our day and age now, as we're entering into that entrepreneurial age, I think more and more of us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, owners, as partners, as small businesses are looking to outsource to give us that freedom um, of time. So, you know, this virtual assistant business is certainly something that's really growing. So this guy's built something phenomenal. Um, Michael, I'd really like to welcome Michael Brody to, to, our, to our show today. Michael, it's an absolute pleasure to have you online with us today. How are you? Yeah, everything's great. Uh, no, the pleasure is mine, Craig. I'm delighted to be here, and hopefully, I can I can add some value and and deliver some great content for your listeners that that'll help them not just improve entrepreneurs, but also find ways to cut costs and ultimately grow the business. Yeah, that mate, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you you've got a, a really unique journey. I mean, you as a, a really ambitious young entrepreneur, um, you know, obviously avoiding the kind of the traditional route of education like college and university, very similar to myself. Um, and just really had that sheer ambition and determination to create your own path. I mean, tell us a little bit about your, your entrepreneurial journey, because I believe at age 13 was where your your kind of entrepreneurial spirit came into the world. Yeah, that's true. Even as a kid, um, I remember back when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, I was the kid who was always hustling, whether it was selling chocolate buttons and confectionery at the schools, doing car washes, I used to go down to the the car boot sales, which, which, which is a market with a car boot if you're not from the UK. <laughs> um, and I remember back when I was 13, and I it, it was the first time I really um, discovered leverage in the way you could use leverage to, 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 to maximize income and to provide yourself with more opportunities to, to, to increase profits and make money. And I did that. I remember I, I found, this is back as a 13-year-old kid, I found a wholesaler for confectionery, it was chocolate buttons. It was Cadbury's chocolate buttons, if anybody's had them. Beautiful, by the way. And what I did was I, I bought them at 15 pence. I was selling them for 50 pence in the school playground. I was selling 100, 150 packets a day. Wow. Um, and I recruited two kids to to come in and work for me on a, on a commission basis. So I, I was cutting them in at 20%. I was doubling my money and basically um, applying the principles of leverage without actually knowing I was doing it at the time. It was kind of a natural instinct. And something that allowed me to 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 build up a little bit of a um, a war chest or capital reserves that let me, when I was 16, 17, open a retail store inside uh, one of Europe's largest shopping centers and, and and build a retail company by the age of 19. Hey, look, th th this is phenomenal, and we'll, we'll fast forward to to obviously the importance of leverage, which is really. I guess where your your business of today is based, you know, giving entrepreneurs the opportunity to leverage their time, and and but that's that's not distinctive. I mean, nobody really taught you that. Did you did you have in your background like a, a you know an entrepreneurial family? Was there anybody that you know if you look back that you considered an, an influence or an inspiration that might have you know influenced your mind to be a little bit entrepreneurial at such a young age? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we're all influenced by what we're surrounded by and whether that's um, the people we're surrounded by or 
the upbringing we have uh, to what we read to what we choose to take in and choose not to and i remember my my granddad actually he um he was in business um started with nothing went into the cloven business a wholesaler and he um he always taught me a a saying he always said common sense is not so common Mm -hmm. now if you can have common sense and a good education it's great but if you have to choose between the two always go with common sense because it's a really, really rare commodity, and it's something that um, that is the real game changer for you. I think it's something that you have deep inside you, and something that you really, um, you know, you really need to utilize if you have it. Well, totally. You know, we we hear all the time, don't we? I mean, we've got lots of educated derelicts in the world due to <laughs> due to lack of that common I think, sense. I, I think we've got a few in the UK uh, Parliament right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no comment, mate. No comment. <laughs> hey. Do you know it's 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 fascinating listening to you because um, you know without going off on on too much of a, a different a different journey on on this podcast you know I I um, had a young entrepreneurial age myself about age fourteen and coincidentally was inspired by hearing my granddad had started uh, an underground pools when he was a a, um, a butcher. And it got you know oh, wow. quite quite large, and uh, he gave it to his friend that they were partners in. My nan never let him forget because it actually became known as what probably most people play pools with every weekend now. So my my nan never let him forget of the the lost business and the lost opportunity. But I know <laughs> at an early age, hearing that story so often, and my nan almost reminding him of what a fool he was to just hand it over to his his best friend at the time. Um, that certainly inspired me. So it's you know I think we we are influencing it. I guess. Um, we get that opportunity to influence others now as entrepreneurs, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I think giving back is, is, is well and getting is a big thing. And I think for anybody who, who wants to go into business or anybody who's in business right now, I think surrounding yourself, not just with the right people, but I think um, really knowing what you want to go after and, and having that ambition inside you is, is key to it all. I think follow it up with persistence, look to learn from others who've already succeeded, look for ways you can, um, I don't like to say cut the corners, but I mean fast track the learning process. I mean, that That's that's really, really vital. Beautiful. You know, um, I think so many people have these barriers to why they're, they're unable to succeed and why it's, you know, it's almost oh, that kind of lifestyles for other people and it, it's okay for them. You know, that, that kind of society of, I guess, you know, going down the path of least resistance all the time and creating barriers for themselves. But barriers were never an option for you as a teenage entrepreneur. I mean, what fascinates me, and maybe you can delve into this for for people a little bit more, you left school at age 16, and you mentioned it briefly a minute ago, you became the youngest retail store owner in one of the largest um, UK shopping malls. How how did that even come about? Because at that age, how were you able to sign contracts and you know raise capital? And, and I believe you employed up to about approximately forty staff and had five shops in the end. How, how did that even come yeah, about? And where where did your passion and mindset come from to even even think <laughs> like that at sixteen? You know, I think I was quite entrepreneurial, piercing ears, running a pools, and but this is just the next level of being a teenage yeah. entrepreneur. How did how did that even come about, Michael? I um. <laughs> It's funny to say, you know, I always, um, even at school, I always felt like a fish out the water in terms of it never really agreed with me as such. I always heard a lot of people talking about conventionalism and I never wanted that. I always, I always enjoyed doing a deal. I always like making money. I always, you know, I like creating businesses. It's something I enjoy doing. And when I left school at 16, I had, um, 
I probably had about six or seven, maybe eight grand saved up, something like that. And I spent the next 12 months wheeling and dealing, ducking and diving, doing what I could to raise, um, it was about 25 grand at the time. And back, this is back in 2010, okay? Now, I managed to, I, I call it luck, but it, it, it's a combination of luck and it's a combination of, of, of seeing what opportunities are there. And at the time, the UK government had changed laws on retail shops. So how it works in the UK is you pay rent and you pay council rates, which is, is paid to your local, your local government, and it's a percentage um, of the rateable value. So just to give you an example, you could have a shop in a shopping centre that's £100,000 a year. Rent. Now, the council rates might be 50 grand. Now, before 2010, you used to, the landlord would have a six-month or it might even been a 12-month period where if the shop was empty, they would have zero liability. Now, all this changed, and suddenly, after, I think it was immediately, if it was above 500 square foot store size, the landlord was immediately billed the council rates. So with an empty shop, they would have a liability of, for example, a thousand pound or 2,000 or 3,000, whatever it is on a week, on a monthly basis. Wow. So I utilized that, and I managed to negotiate cracking deals. I got absolutely phenomenal deals on short-term contracts with, they wanted six months up front, I gave them a month. Um, they wanted, I remember one shop, they wanted, um, it was 10 grand a month rent. And I negotiated it down to two. Wow. We didn't have security at tenor, but we had, we were in for 12 months and we got a deal at 20% of the asking price. Now, a lot of people would think I was very, uh, you know, they'd think, how have you got the balls or how have you got the brashness? <laughs> To go ring an agent and say, I'll give you 20 grand on 100 grand rent. <laughs> but the, the point is, the landlords were being squeezed. And at the time, there were so many um, empty shops coming up on the high streets. Uh, the opportunities were there. It was, it was kind of like, um, you know, looking for, it wasn't looking for the golden egg, but looking for which golden egg you wanted, because there was that many opportunities. Do you know, it's, it's, funny, now, it's funny you should say that when you mentioned balls and confidence, because it was just something I was thinking, you know, how can somebody of that age have that confidence and balls? But I guess... Your, your negotiating skills uh, come from being aware and, and having the knowledge of your marketplace, surely. Yeah, it was known. I, I always had confidence, you know. I observed ideas as well. When I opened the toy store, I saw another company doing a similar thing. They were, you know, they were opening stores on, on, on temp, at the time on temporary leases. And I watched what they were doing and I thought, hang on a second. Let's, let's do a little bit of research. Let's look at, you know, the kind of margins we can make, the kind of revenue we can do, the kind of profit potential, what, what is there. And then let's just go, let's go find a location. And that's exactly what we did. We, we, we made numerous offers, maybe, you know, it might have been 14 or 15 or maybe even 16 offers on various uh, shops, various retail space. And then finally, we, we managed to get the deal done after about three months of trying. So, so I think persist. I think persistence is key. Getting up, dusting yourself off. If if an offer's rejected, come in, offer again. But don't be don't don't be overwhelmed or or you know an age in itself is just a number. You know I I I just stick a suit on, put a nice shirt on, and went and just talked with confidence. And at the end of the day, they wanted to do a deal at the same time. So as long as you could prove that you know you weren't wasting anybody's time, you were there to do business. I think confidence is is, is key to it all. Act as if. Do you know, you, you hear that all the time, don't you? Act as if and, and kind of, you know, put yourself in the picture and where you want to be in the future. And, you know, I think that, do you know that message of dusting yourself off? I find so many people in the entrepreneurial world. I mean, I've 
you know, worked with entrepreneurs now for 17 years, coaching, mentoring, guiding people. It's something I love, like influence and, and, and helping and supporting others. But seeing so many people hitting a challenge and it's that philosophy, Michael, you know, it's not the wind that blows. It's it's how we choose to set our sail. You know, it's not what happens oh, to yeah, us. It's, absolutely. It's, it's how we how we respond rather than react. And I guess you've got a very responsive attitude just listening to you that it's almost like you, you wasn't really worried about the numbers you had to make. You just knew that if you were persistent and consistent, you would find the right deal for you and your business. Yeah, that, that that's correct. And I think for me anyway, the way I, the way I live my life, I, I, I kind of I live it by you get one shot at it, um, you know, do what you want to do. Um, and don't be faced because you're going to always be faced with adversity and negativity. It's, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, from our school system all the way up, um, pre- promotes negativity, mediocrity, um, or the sheep effect, as I call it. Everybody's taught to, to do this conventional lifestyle that um, hasn't actually been proven to be a winning formula if you look at history. Um, so that never appealed to me. I thought, well, hang on a second. The people giving me the advice aren't the people. I, I don't want to be in their position in 25 or 30 years or whatever. So why would I want to listen to it? I remember um, when I was 15 and we had a career day at the school and everybody's talking about, you know, what they wanted to do. And I said to the advisor, she said, what do you want to do when you leave school? This was at the time. I said, well, I'm seriously considering maybe looking at getting a, a Subway franchise, you know, the, the sandwich store. And she looked at me like I was some kind of lunatic. And that's when I immediately knew that, uh, you know, conventionalism and conventional thinking isn't for me. I think there's a, there's a shift now, isn't there, more so than, than probably ever before. And you probably see it being an entrepreneur now from such an early age through through to today. There's a There's a shift in in the mindset of many people, I think people are starting to realize that, hang on a minute, this, this job world's broken, you know, undervalued, underpaid, underappreciated. And we are, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're entering that age of the entrepreneur. What, what drives you as an entrepreneur? What are you passionate about? And for somebody looking to, you know, maybe find opportunities or, or learn to kind of have the confidence to take that step away from society's, nine to five draw what 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 would you advise people with your experience of being such a successful entrepreneur yeah i think um for me the passion is business the passion is doing a deal that's that's the part i enjoy and i remember um when i was a when i was 16 17 i thought you had to love the product or you had to love the business you are going into in particular, but it's not the case. I, th- I think I think when a business has potential, I think you love the fact as a businessman, as a serial entrepreneur, you love the fact that you can do something, you can create something. I remember with the shops, um, and we were involved briefly in American Candy. We, we jumped on a, a bandwagon. I don't know if any 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 of the listeners remember about four or five years ago. There was this huge specialist American confectionery boom in the UK where specialist stores were jumping up. So we jumped on that and we opened three or four shops um, in the north of England, jumped on temporarily. We rode it for 12 months and made money out of it. And I I remember I knew nothing about American candy. I'd never even had a Hershey bar or a Mountain Dew or whatever it was. But we saw potential in it. We saw a store down south and it had queues out the door. They were making a bloody fortune. They were, they, I mean, they were, they were making some serious dough, like a lot of money. And I thought, hang on a second, I haven't seen this up north. Let's get a short-term lease. Let's offer a three-month contract with, with negotiable terms in a, in a shopping center. And let's find a supplier in America and let's try it. So we, we ended up finding a supplier. We imported a container, a 20-foot container, stocked the store, opened it. It went tremendously well. We opened another three stores. 
And we rode that trend for about, I think it was about 14 or 15 months. But because we negotiated flexible terms, we were able to exit when the trend went down. So it was, it was, I think the biggest thing is always look with your eyes because there's opportunity everywhere. Like seriously, there, there are so many opportunities. I remember again back, back in 2013, and there was um, there was a trend with um, what were they called? Flossies, the the them like sand shoe things. Mm-hmm. Those were a big trend, and you saw them popping up in malls, and you saw people selling them online, and people creating businesses out of them. And again, there's a lot of opportunities to make money if if you look and keep your eyes open and ask and talk, mm-hmm. talk to people who are already doing things as well. What I found is with a lot of successful people, they they'll give you a lot of value. They'll share so much because they appreciate people who have a genuine interest in business makes a refreshing change for a lot of us. Totally. I mean, you, you mentioned about obviously liking the deal and, and you have this love to, to create and build businesses. Just, just going back a minute ago, you mentioned about acting, acting as if, um, yeah. What, what, Look, listening to the, uh, looking at the readers, listen, um, listeners listening even, what's your, <laughs> your advice with, you know, kind of getting people into that mindset of, of acting as if, that, can you put a little bit of more meat on the bone for people to think, hang on a minute, how do we... <laughs> you're making how, me, you're making me hungry now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm starving, so <laughs> it's the story of my day. But yeah, so how, how do people act as if? Okay. I'll start with what people do wrong. People people do it wrong. They, they they think they have to act like this perfect person. That's that's not correct. What I mean by act as if is have confidence in yourself. That That's key to it all. Act as if means have confidence in what you're going to do, even if you don't have confidence. You know, there's times when I don't have confidence. Deep down, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you're nervous or, or you, you know, you're having a few bad thoughts. Everybody has them. Yeah. When somebody says you get zero, that, that you know that's total crap. But the difference is, you can act as if you don't have those things. You can put on the so you can talk with confidence. You can, um, you know, create emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put put on. And that it can push, be different push. for it can be different for different people as well. I, I think um, we 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 touched on that earlier, Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, when I was sixteen, seventeen. I would stick a, I would just stick a nice suit on. So when I went to meet agents, for example, in the stores, I'd wear a nice suit, I'd wear a nice shirt, and I'd walk in. I remember, I have a saying, walk in as, a, as if you own the place. Yep. Head held high, walk with confidence. I don't mean with arrogance, but with confidence. You should never look down and you should always look people in the eye and articulate yourself clearly, effectively. Because at the end of the day, every single person... Um, is as, it, it, to an extent is as good as they want to be or as successful as they want to be. And success is simply, um, well, a big part of success is how you feel about yourself, in my opinion. I, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, a lot, a lot of listeners, you know, maybe, you know, on their personal development journey are starting to discover new skills. And I guess everyone, everyone has different personalities. Some people are more confident than others. Um, you know, some people can walk in with confidence as if they, I guess they, they own the room, but these are also things that people can learn. I mean, you mentioned nerves and you mentioned, you know, lacking confidence, but how you can almost, you know, put on the persona that you, you have that confidence because bottom line, confident, lack of confidence and nerves in, in my humble opinion is because you actually care about what's happening. So you get a little bit of nervous because the outcome matters to you maybe. Um, so, so people can learn these skills. People can act as if regardless of their personality type, surely. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think all of us, um, you know, none of us are born with confidence. None of us are born, um, you know, with the ability to take action. I think it's something that that's developed. I think with a lot of people, I mean, when, when we're kids, when we're, you know, real small, we fall down, we get up, we dust ourselves up. But I think society has a, as, as you're grown into a teenager, has a, it, it's a way of trying to beat you down in terms of teaching you this structure that, that for example, here's a good example. I remember, um, you know, back when I was in, in, in school and I would, um, you know, you'd ask, ask something and if you'd ask again after once, you are told persistence was a bad thing. But in the real world, if you're not going to be prepared to be persistent or, you know, as I said earlier, pick yourself up and dust yourself off, then you're really not going to be able to do what you want to do. And you're going to you're going to have a lot of regrets later in life, in my opinion. No, I, I completely agree. It's almost like you the dreams we have as children kind of fade away as we go through that environmental conditioning of schooling and you know getting that job for life kind of attitude and I, I just think people are you know confined to as you mentioned earlier you know a little bit of that kind of sheep philosophy or you know the same old shit every day I guess um but yeah so bring bring us to now because obviously you're 24 years old I believe yeah 24 I, I feel 44 sometimes okay <laughs> <laughs> mate it's it you're having an adventure I'm, of a life buddy I'm telling you <laughs> yeah in um in, 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 yeah, in between the stores, I um, I was involved very very briefly in a in a nightclub venture as well. And that was my bad deal. Well, it was a good deal, but bad deal. We we, we structured it wrong. So I want to just add that one in. You can make bad deals, and you can you you know you can lose money. You can do. Um, but the secret is really to dust yourself off, and um, you know maybe take a few days, get your confidence back, and then go at it again. So what what are your biggest wins? You know, because over over the you know over the the years, you know, I'd envisage that you've set goals and it'd be great to know what your goals and ambitions are for the future at some point. But you, you're obviously, you know, very driven, you're passionate, you, yeah. you like to create things. So you're clearly going to have defined goals and, and things you want to do, contribute and give and bring to this world. But what, what are the biggest wins and achievements for you so far as a, as a young entrepreneur? Yeah, um, this, the first store was, was, was a real big win because... We, you know, I did it age 17. I wasn't the legal age to sign a contract. And that, that actually felt brilliant because I, I was, it, it was the ultimate outside of conventionality. Um, I absolutely love that you had the balls to do that, mate. I really do. It's brilliant. <laughs> so, so, so that was great. Um, and uh, yeah, my biggest, my biggest personal goal was um, I, when I when I bought um, I bought my first uh, Jag my Jaguar car that that was something I always wanted as a kid. Um, I used to watch the TV show actually Mind That. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh with, mate, uh, loved it. Yeah, Arthur Daly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, ever ever since like in that show, I always wanted a Jag. So that was um, mate. That's why you feel a little bit forty. That's a that's a old man's yeah, car. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't have I don't have the and I don't sell used cars, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant okay yeah. so, so you so you brought a jag what was, was that quite early on in your in your career then yeah um when i was 19 um brilliant. i bought a, a, a an xj it was it was nice cream interior it was uh, <laughs> again that's why probably why i feel 44 <laughs> <laughs> very arthur daily like mate very arthur daily like love it i think that shows brilliant isn't it yeah and the shops were a great win um 
when when I was seventeen, actually, there was a newspaper article written about the the, the first shop, and it mentions in the article it was the the journal, I think, the newspaper. Um, I went to China that year as well. I spent a few weeks, and I went to Guangzhou, and I went to the the Canton Import Export Fair, and I learned about you know world trade, and I saw you know literally it was just tens of thousands of people doing business. It was it was I mean, as a seventeen year old kid who's um, interested in business and coming, you're kind of coming into the world. Um, it was, yeah, it, it was really fascinating. I had friends who were doing A-levels at the time in college, and I'm, I'm out there in Guangzhou in the middle of this uh, big trading bazaar. It was, yeah, that was really amazing. So I think, you know, having having the 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 guts to do something like that at a young age, or to be honest, I don't think even age is, is relevant. Uh, for me, it's not a barrier whether people are young or, or older. It, it's It's what drives you from the inside out. You, you... I agree, Craig. I, I, I think um, I recently watched a movie actually um, called The Founder. It's based on the story of uh, Ray Kroc, the, the, the guy who, um, well, the guy who many people think of as the founder of McDonald's, but he was the guy who got involved after he was the one who really blew it up. And he was a 52-year-old, he has a 52-year-old over-the-hill milkshake salesman, mm-hmm. okay? And he goes on to be a billionaire by the time he's 72. At 52... There's no, but you know, he's not involved by 72. He's, he's a billionaire. Amazing. I mean, it, it, that just shows you that even if, you know, perhaps you're older and you're just getting involved in business, um, there's always opportunity. It, it's just down to, to self-belief, persistence, and that, that desire yeah. to want to do something. I think that's the big one. I agreed. Totally. So, so bring us forward to, to a day in the life of, being a, a virtual CEO and, and I'd really love to know a little bit about your business. I mean, it really fascinates me. I've looked at outsourcing before, but never taken a step in that direction. Um, but I think everything's timing, but I just, I'd love to know, you know, what, what inspired you to go down this route? Cause obviously, you know, you know, the shops and, and now sort of being located in between the Philippines and the UK, tell us a little bit about what, what your life consists of now as a virtual CEO and then you know it'd be great to delve into your business a little bit and why you set it up and, and how it's going yeah absolutely so I created uh, www.virtualstaff.ph which is now one of the fastest grown outsourcing companies in, in the Philippines and what we do is really unique so you've got a lot of outsourcing companies that that offer to find your people or the the charge you big finding fees or big recruitment fees however what we did is is, is totally unique we we created a platform that connects entrepreneurs and business owners directly with virtual staff and virtual assistants in the Philippines. So it's basically a big portal, a marketplace where entrepreneurs can go on to, they can look for, for example, if you want an SEO guy, you want a general virtual assistant, somebody to do some cold calling, some data entry, whatever it happens to be, you can go on, you can find them and you can hire them direct without a middleman. Now, why the Philippines? People always ask me this. Anybody who perhaps doesn't know much about the Philippines doesn't realize that the Philippines is actually an English-speaking country, but salary rates are really low. And I don't mean low for the Philippines. I mean low in comparison to the West. So, for example, um, let's say, for example, you can hire someone degree-educated from $400, $450, $500 a month full-time. That's 160 hours a month. And that's above you know, the local domestic salary, that's maybe 50% above what the local domestic salary is. So it provides great, great opportunities for entrepreneurs to 
to, to, to hire skilled people at affordable prices and really let them blow the business up. Or what a lot of people do is they outsource tasks they don't want to do. So they get the life back. They, they have the ability to spend more time with family and friends. Or they can concentrate their efforts on, on what's best use of their time. So let's say, for example, um, you're a business coach, for example. You don't want to be spending time with date rent and Maybe you don't want to spend time doing social media marketing and contacting people on LinkedIn, all these types of things, or creating flyers or, or, or website promotions. Your time is probably best spent seeing clients, actual face-to-face time. That's when that that's when you you know when you're making money. That's when you're going to bring revenue in for the business. So you outsource the stuff that isn't best use of your time. Mm-hmm. So you've got a number of options to do. You can hire people to grow your business because you want skilled people at affordable rates. You can outsource the tasks you don't want to do, or you can do both, which is what I do. <laughs> That's um, yeah, it's fascinating. I, mean, I know, like leverage of time. I mean, get, come, let's, let's go back to we talked about leverage because obviously this outsourcing bottom line is giving you know people, entrepreneurs, individuals the opportunity to to create leverage of time to, as you said, give them their life back. You re- you mentioned about you know we've got one life, one opportunity. It's no dress rehearsal, and you're here to live it and, and kind of give it to the full. What's the importance of leverage to an entrepreneur in this day and age? Yeah. I think I, I think leverage is key. Um, a because you've got a limited amount of time. I think trying to be the jack of all trades is is, is usually what what do they say the master of none. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, and I think leverage is key in anything you do. For example, and this 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 really does link to everything. Back to the shops, I used leverage in terms of the changing regulations to be, to get good deals with the outsourcing company with with virtualstaff.ph. I use leverage to um, bring talented virtual staff at affordable rates to to allow me to grow businesses, to allow me to free up my time, to allow me to do the things I want to do. So, for example, if I want to go, you know, take a month out in the Caribbean or I want to go for a month in the States or whatever it happens to be, I can do that because I have a turnkey system. I have the right people in at the right at the right prices, the right rates, and it allows the business to grow. And it allows me to get control of my time, mastering time. I think is keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I like these metaphors, right, Craig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you 100% of the way. I need to write a book about metaphors, I think. <laughs> so do you, I mean, obviously these metaphors, these are things I, you know, I'm envisaged as an entrepreneur. You sound like the kind of guy that's always, always studying, always developing yourself, looking for more opportunity, but also growing your own development. You know, are you, are you an avid, you know, you, you're constantly reading. Is there anything particular that, you know, keeps you on your game and keeps you growing personally. Yeah, I, th- I, 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 yeah, I do try to read. Um, I, um, I read, you know, different books. I, I, I like autobiographies are my big thing. Okay. I read. Um, um, I recently read uh, Made in America. It was it Sam Walton, the the Walmart guy? That was a really good book um, about persistence and different things. I've read a lot of the marketing books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, influenced by by robert cialdini that's a pretty good book um there's a lot there's there's a lot of good content i read a lot of online content as well i think you know podcasts like this one is really really good gets you good content good information i mean what you've got to remember is most people spend hours taking in information Mm -hmm. usually it's subconsciously Mm -hmm. tv radio you put the radio on the background 
But instead, by using that time and, and utilizing it and listening to a, a success show like this one, you're getting the right information, you're getting the right motivation. Because if you look for negativity, you will find negativity. Trust me. I mean, if you put the news on every day, you would think we're living in a war zone. The whole world was, all you hear is, is killings and deaths and things that have went bad or companies that have went bankrupt. I mean, you really would be depressed. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, and you've got the choice now. That's the beauty. As I say, podcasts like this one, um, videos, books, you, you, the right people. Um, talk to people who are positive, optimistic, and uh, it's a really good thing. I um, I try to spend as least time as possible with, with people who are negative because, I mean, you know, you've, you've always got a choice. Always look for the, for the, for the positive in a situation. What, what's your life now like? You know, if you go back to when you was a kid in the Northeast and, you know, starting your, your entrepreneurial journey, you know, age 13. I mean, obviously, you're now living in the Philippines. I mean, I guess at age 13, maybe that hadn't even come into your mind's eye at that point. But what, what's, it, what's, what's, what's your life like now from a point of freedom, flexibility? Um, but what are you passionate about? Obviously, you know, I'd love to know what your goals are with, with obviously virtualstaff.ph, what, what your plans are to continue to grow that and uh, I guess open entrepreneurs up to being more open to, to hiring virtual and remote staff in the Philippines. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got um, we, we've got about 14,000 virtual assistants on the platform. It's grown every day, hundreds every day, keep coming. Um, our, our goal is to help as many people as possible. We want to help people know and we want to help people understand that this kind of opportunity exists, whether you want flexibility in time, the ability to be able to do things when you want, with, with who you want, um, or as a tool to grow your business. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're really money motivated, you want to, you know, you, you, you want to take things to the next level, you want to add a zero to the revenue, you've really got to utilize, utilize tools like this. Yeah. Have people, um, you know, doing SEO, have people doing uh, virtual assistants doing admin work. I mean, outsource outsource the crap. I mean, life really is too precious. In, in virtual virtual staff and virtual assistants, at the, the the you know the the rates that they cost allow you the opportunities, and it's the great equalizer. I remember speaking to somebody once, and they said to me, they said, "Yeah, but you know, I, I can't hire staff. I, you know, I can't afford twenty five grand on a salary." You know, we're a startup business, we've got a limited budget. And I explained to the guy that, in fact, you actually can. You just not, you just don't know this opportunity exists. You can hire somebody as an SEO specialist or a cold caller to book appointments for you if you're a home improvement company, for example. And, you know, you're going to get change out of, fi- out of five or $600 a month for 160 hours. Um, it's the great equalizer for startups. It's a great equalizer for, for solopreneurs and one-man bands and small businesses. And for large businesses, it allows you to really, really accelerate growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can certainly see that, that with the importance of leverage and, and coming away from that jack of all trades that you mentioned. It's that philosophy, Michael, that I'm sure uh, metaphor that you've come across, you know, work on the business, not in the business. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think you've, you've really got to, um, you've, you, you've got to embrace you know, the 21st century in terms of, of, of the technology and what it's allowed us to have in terms of hiring remote staff and virtual assistants and, and you know, the time-saving tools that are available. You've really got to utilize them all um, and really help you, you know, grow your business, no matter what it is, even if it's a bricks and mortar business, um, a lot of opportunities out there. 
Totally. So, I mean, you're, we know you're really passionate about creating businesses and, you know, you've gone from obviously the shops to the virtual business and now you're a, a virtual CEO and maybe there's some CEOs in the world listening, thinking that sounds like heaven. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you spend most of your time in the Philippines now? Do you come back to the UK often or? Yeah, um, about 80% of the time I'm in the Philippines. I, um, I spend a little bit of time in the US and I spend probably about six to eight weeks in the UK. Okay. And are you always sourcing and, and looking for, for new opportunities? Because you, you've obviously created really solid foundations and I'd envisage you have the systems in place to leverage your time with virtual staff ph i mean are you always looking are you is this why you you're in the philippines you travel to us is it promoting your existing business or are you looking for more opportunities yeah a combination of both actually i uh, i enjoy looking for opportunities um i think you've really got to you know as i said earlier you've really got to use your eyes because there's, there's deliberately opportunities everywhere mm-hmm. um and of course promoting the existing business as well a combination of both Fantastic. Brilliant. Hey, look, I'm, I, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you today because I think it's quite fascinating how you can remove that then barriers of age and, and, and achieve such greatness in, in such a short space of time and from such an early age. It's, it's really inspiring. And I'm sure the listeners will be thinking, you know, maybe I should have got my shit together a few years ago or, or what, whatever it may be. But the, the, ti- the, the time is now though, right? People can literally oh, yeah. move and make a change now. And what, you know, just to, to kind of, you know, for listeners that, are, I mean, we have a, a, a wide range of listeners, Michael, from entrepreneurs, even, even people that are training to run marathons, whatever it may be. Um, but everything comes with that decision in the mind and the, the passion from the heart. What, what can you, you know, I guess, you know, any final tips for people to be successful in business? Yeah, I think um, going back to my earlier one, um, common sense. Use common sense. Apply common sense. <laughs> the biggest, big, 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 big ingredient. I think I've said that. You'd think I was on uh, like jam there, you know, like the old cassette players <laughs> when it gets jam. <laughs> um, persistence is key. And remember, you're going to get a lot of rejection, usually by people who haven't done what you want to do. The people who have done what you what you want to do, if you prove to them that you know you know, you really, really want what it is. They, they're usually the people who will give you the best advice. They'll give you golden tips. Mm-hmm. But really be careful what advice you're listening to. A lot of people listen to the wrong advice. Let's take uh, finances, for example. Most people get that advice from parents or, um, or, or from people who've brought them up. And often, 95% of the time, those people aren't where you perhaps want to be in 25, 30 years. So you've really got to be careful that you're taking in the right advice, you're following the right plan. But also remember, plans change. Mm-hmm. Like this this wasn't my, I didn't want to be a virtual CEO when I was 15, 16. I had no idea um, if you had, a, even the Philippines, if you had asked me about it, I, I probably would have said, um, Manny Pacquiao, the boxer, and I wouldn't even <laughs> be very little other than that. Um, but the point is I, I adapted and I created an opportunity I, by using my eyes. I came out here initially um, for a vacation and I said, holy crap, this, there's something we can really do here. We can create a business out of this. This is going to help so many people. And we went about and did it. Mm-hmm. So that that's another big thing. That's, that's my final advice. Um, a lot of people have ideas, but act on the ideas. Yeah. And even if you fail, who cares? Mm-hmm. Try again, try something else, but keep trying. But be smart about it. Use common sense. Yeah, dust yourself off, learn from your mistakes and, and keep on going, hey. 
Definitely. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure, um, you know, talking to you today. I, I'm really grateful for your time and uh, and and mindset and and, and attitudes to to performance and, and succeeding in business. And I really do believe the listeners will be as appreciative as me. Um, I wish you a, a fantastic day. Go and go and grab something to eat, mate, and um, have a have a wonderful evening in the Philippines. And and thanks again. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you. Yeah, the pleasure is all mine, Craig. Hope it's helped. Yeah, great. And a quick reminder to you guys, get over to www.virtualstaff.ph. Go and check out uh, Michael's uh, website and company and and discover for yourself if leverage and and virtual assistance can be something to really enable you to to outsource, raise your game, put a few zeros on your business turnover and profits and and really embrace this ultra-player age that we find ourselves in. Have a fantastic day, everyone. And again, Michael, thanks very much for your time. One thing I will say, Craig, quickly, we have um, we have a free outsourcing masterclass on the website. So we have a ton of videos and, and, and articles and free resources that that really would be valuable to people. Again, it, it, it's totally free. Definitely worth checking that out if you, if you make it to the site. Brilliant. So on the site, they get over to virtualstaff.ph and I guess it's very crystal clear where this these uh, these outsourcing masterclasses are. Yeah, it's the free resources section at the top beautiful michael you're you're an absolute gem mate thanks for sharing that have a a fantastic day magic pleasures man craig take it easy